0: So this morning we shall thank God in spite of everything that is happening. We have reason to rejoice always. The word of God says rejoice in the Lord always. And Again I tell you rejoice. Simply for one thing, death has been overcome. Death has been overcome. Man's greatest fear and enemy has been overcome. Those who are saved... Absolutely secure in Christ Jesus. Therefore, Father, we just come today and we thank you, we praise you, we worship you. And our heart's desire is the joy that we have, the peace that we have, we can pass it on to others too, Lord. There are Lord, so many millions and billions out there in the world who do not have this peace, who do not have this security who are not freed from the fear of death. The only one who can set us free is Christ. So Father, today I pray, when as I preach, I lift up Jesus. I magnify Jesus. I magnify your word, your name. For if we lift you up, you will draw. Help us to lift you up, Lord, today. That you may draw all men All who are listening, there will be many new young believers, very young believers. Maybe others who are searching, listening. And the word may be too hard for them, difficult. But you are able to take it out of my hands and make it palatable for them. For they don't need a sermon. They need just one word. One word. Peter did not need the sermon on the mound to be lifted out of the water. He just needed one cry. Lord, save me. Save people today, Lord. Heal people today, Lord. Deliver people today, Lord. Because you love them. And because you love them, we love them. In us, there is no love for hardly anybody. But in you, we can love all men. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Come at this time of the word and prayer into thy hands. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. So here we are, Tuesday. So it is a seven-day process every day. And sometimes people grumble. Quietly, in my presence, silently, outside my presence, loudly. Why do we have to have service seven days a week? Right? I would give you an answer from scripture. It's written in the book of Acts. There was a man who was born lame from birth. He was brought daily and laid at the temple gate, called Beautiful. Daily, to beg, not to hear. To beg. Daily, and one day he encountered the power of Christ through Peter and John, and everything was changed. Scripture says he leaped to his feet, and jumping, and rejoicing, he went into the temple with them, praising God. And then, 2 3 3:11 says he clung to Peter and John. That's what happens. So he was laid at the temple gate to beg, but when he was healed he clung to the word right And that's why we need to realize we all were born lame from our mother's womb. we did not know how to walk with God. we are still learning to walk with God and it is Christ who set us free and if we cannot come into the house of God rejoicing. Where will we go? And if we don't cling to the word of God, to the servants of God, to God himself, to what else will we cling? So keep clinging, keep clinging. We go to Judges chapter 7 and verse 4 to 11 and then 15. We're looking at fear, how fear paralyzes. How do we overcome fear? Sunday we saw from Pastor Vijay. Hmm. Steps, simple biblical steps, not mathematical. Though he's precise, but biblical steps. Okay. The Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water. I will test them for you there. I will test them for you there. Earlier, Gideon had tested God. Remember? Lord, please forgive me. Let me test you once again. Okay. Now God says, You don't test them. I know how you will test them. Your test will be wrong. I will test them for you. Then it will be that whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you. Whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down into the water. The Lord said to Gideon, everyone who laps from the water with his tongue as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink the number of those who lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water. And the Lord said to Gideon, by the 300 men who lapped, I will save you. And deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took provisions, their trumpets in their hands. And he sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, And retained those 300 men. Now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp for I have delivered it into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, see, the fearful have left, one fearful is still left in the (laughs) camp. So he's only, if you look at the entire narrative, he's only dealing with one man. It's something which you need to understand. He's only dealing with one man, the leader. He only deals with Moses. He only deals with Joshua. Because if the leader breaks, everybody breaks. Okay? He's only dealing with one man. If you're afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Pura, your servant. And, and you shall hear what they say. And afterward, your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Pura, his servant, to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp. And verse 50. So it was. We are living in between. This message will be completely in a different direction. But the principle from what we are learning. When Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped, he returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian into your hand. When he says, Arise, let's go fight. He has only 300 men. But he has overcome fear. He has overcome fear. Okay, Like I said, the one who leads has to overcome fear. So we have this fear, the spirit of fear. Okay? The first 22,000, spirit of fear. The next 10,700 or 9,700, the spirit of compromise. These are spirits. We have to recognize the spirits in us or the spirits that contend with us and we have to overcome those fears. Okay? Because why are we looking at, if we turn to Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2, we are looking at Gideon, because he is one of those saints in that cloud. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Who are these in this cloud? These are witnesses. They are witnessing Christ. They are witnesses of Christ. They are not Christ. There are certain portions of their life, which is the witness of the Spirit of Christ in them. Therefore, Gideon is one person. So we look at Gideon and we learn, how did he overcome fear? What process did God take him through? that he, Because the simple thing is that we need to overcome fear above all things. Because men's heart shall fail in the last days because of fear. And fear will cause you to do the most stupid things. Whether it's Nebuchadnezzar, whether it's Darius or Artesrus or David, doesn't matter who it is, fear will cause you, you can know, have the best promises, the exact promises of Saul, given to David, given to Jeroboam, all of them goofed up because it was fear. Fear caused them to do stupid things. So we have to overcome. They are witnesses because it tells you how when they overcome, look at these witnesses. And we look at the witnesses, we look at the testimony of Christ in their life, but ultimately we look unto Jesus. Is the overcomer of all overcomers who never gave in to fear, even once he overcame. Okay, what are the overcomers or what are the witnesses? They are witnesses of how people overcome fear and became through faith mighty men and women. Okay? mighty men and they overcame nations, scripture says, set to flight armies, shut the mouth of lions, quench the flames. But these were all not. Extraordinary men, They're just like all of us, but God took them through a process, and the spirit of Christ was in them, and we look at the spirit of Christ, we are not eulogizing Moses or Gideon or like the Pharisees, we have Abraham as a father. He said, if you had Abraham as a father, you would listen to what I am saying. Mm-hmm. Abraham rejoiced to see my day, okay we are not lifting men, we are lifting the Christ of. Christ, spirit of Christ in them. Because the problem is if you lift a man, then you will look at the failings of the man and you will realize it's no point. He fails, so what's the point? But there are areas where Christ never failed in them. And it is about Christ we learn. So we turn now to Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. And then verse 14. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And verse 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. And the news of him went out through all the surrounding region. Acts 10.38 Acts 10.38 Now listen carefully, okay? Today's message is important for people who are believers. Others will understand the principle, but believers who have been in the Lord for a long time. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who end up doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. There are two things mentioned here. God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power. And is there. He anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then he went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 10 says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. Hmm? Maybe 2 Corinthians 14. Did I get the chapter wrong? I'm quite capable of all these things. Yeah, anyway, it says the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It is a matter of power. It's not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. And scripture says Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. He went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. Okay, okay, we'll leave it. It's okay, Pastor, we know the scripture. We can find it, Okay. Being filled with the Holy Ghost and being filled with power are not the same. Oh, did I put a spanner in the works? Did I get the bull into the china shop? Being filled with the Holy Spirit and being filled with power are not necessarily the same. Okay? Okay. In Luke chapter 4, where we looked at verse 1, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? Returned from Jordan and was led into the wilderness. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he was there for 40 days. And 40 days later when he came back, verse 14 says, he didn't come back the way he went in. Verse 14 says, he returned in the power of the Spirit. Okay? He went in full of the Spirit and came out full of the power. And Acts 10.38 30, corroborates it. It says he was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. So in between these 40 days, something happened. We know what happened in between. We'll say he got the power because he fasted. No? <laughs> we have all fasted. <laughs> Necessarily, compulsorily. Okay? <laughs> It was not. Okay. But scripture says he was tempted of the devil. Tested of the devil. Turn with me to James chapter 4 and verse 7. Therefore submit to God. Full stop. Not comma. Okay. Full stop. Little children, what is it? It's a full stop. Resist the devil and he will flee from you there are two instructions here submit to god that is obey what god has told you resist the devil say no to the devil and he will flee from you being filled with the holy spirit people obey god when you resist the devil you are filled with the power of god he went into the wilderness driven by the holy spirit into the wilderness to be tested by the holy by the devil And he overcame every test. And when he came back, he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Filling of the Holy Spirit gives you good men and women. They're good. So Jesus went about doing good. Because he's filled with the Holy Spirit. But he's filled with power. Healing everyone who was oppressed of the devil. And this is not gifts. You can do that with gifts. Okay. You can have a gift of healing and you can heal people. Gift of miracles. Okay. That doesn't mean you are overcoming, resisting the devil. That is why we see many, many, many of these people with gifts. Ultimately, you will see they just fall apart. The ministries fall apart and you will see there's no difference between them and the world because they are operating in a gift. Don't confuse the gift with the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So there is one which is saying yes to God and there is another which is actually saying no to the devil. And its applications are difficult. <clears throat> In Matthew chapter 3 verses 13 to 17. Jesus' entire life is marked by yes to God. <clears throat> then Jesus came to Galilee to John at Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you. But you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Behold, the heavens were opened to him. He saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting on upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus' 30 years of life is there in this form. What is that? He always obeyed. Always obeyed. If you look in Loki, he went to his, this thing. Now he was obedient to his parents. When technically his parents should be obedient to him. Okay. John is telling the truth. I should be obedient to you. You are, it's fine. Let's go by what God has said. We, need, we, do, we don't need to have discussions about it. If God has said that, it will simplify it. And God gives this commendation. This is a good boy. He has obeyed and fills him with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 5 and verse 32 is proof text. 5 and verse 32. We are His witnesses to these things. So also is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. The more you obey, the more God fills you. Okay. The more you obey God, the more God fills you with the Holy Spirit. And we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need it. So every time we say, Yes, Yes, Lord. I don't need any reason. It's written, that's enough. You said that's enough. Your word is my command. That's enough, Lord. You said that's enough. Every time we do that, and we say, Lord, now fill me and fill me, fill me. He keeps on filling us with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is given to those who obey. Meaning the more you obey, the more spirit you receive. Okay? More spirit you receive. Many Christians, many of us are filled with the Holy Spirit, but not with power. They may be filled with the Holy Spirit, And have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But that's not what Acts 10.38 says. It says he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And he had all the nine gifts. Or how many gifts you want to put across. He had it all. But he was filled with and with power. Anointed with power. Okay. So for us, even though we look at all these witnesses, our pattern is Jesus. Pattern is Jesus. You know why? Because there's a spirit of fear. It is demonic entities that intimidate, causes people to run away. And it's all over in the last days. Literally in the last days, Jesus says, fear will be so pervasive, people's heart will fail. They will just die of heart attacks. They will just die. Hearts will collapse and die like that because of fear, intimidation that is coming. And you know what? We need to resist. To resist that spirit, resist the devil, and he shall. To resist, we need power. We need power. Acts chapter 1, verse 5. And Acts chapter 1, verse 8. For John truly baptized with water, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You shall be filled with the Holy Spirit many days from now. And verse 8. But you shall receive power. can be filled with the Holy Spirit and you shall receive power. When he comes, you shall receive power. So what happened in those 40 days in the wilderness? Right? It's a pattern. We look at the 40 days of Jesus Christ. Is what also happened to the children of Israel for 40 years in the wilderness. They failed. Therefore, at the hour, they did not have the power to overcome the enemy. The promised land is there. All the promises are there. Everything they needed for all their life is there. But they did not take one inch. You know why? Because they buckled under the spirit of fear. There are fortified cities and giants in the land, and we are like grappers, grasshoppers before in their eyes and our own eyes. Finished. Not a single bat, not an arrow was shot, not a spear was thrown, not a sword was raised. They just gave up before the spirit of fear. Okay, First Corinthians chapter ten, verses one to five. Patterns, patterns, all patterns are there. Moreover, brother and I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Did you get it? Did you get the pattern? See, Israel is coming. The first generation is coming out. The first generation, God always deals differently. He baptized them in the cloud first and then baptized them in the water. When the Holy Spirit fell upon in Cornelius' house, he baptized them in the spirit and then in the water. First generation is always different. Okay, First generation is always different because you need to realize they needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit first. They were baptized in the cloud, then baptized in the water. They all ate the same spiritual food. All drank the same spiritual drink. They drank of the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. Were they baptized in water? Yes. Were they filled with the Holy Spirit? pattern, type, not exactly like in our sister type. But God pleased with them? No. Why? Because they did not receive power. They could not resist the enemy. They could not resist the enemy. And because they could not resist the enemy, they did not receive power. And because they did not receive power, they could not fight a battle. So they died on the wrong side of Jordan, wandering in the wilderness, carrying all the head full of promises, full of promises, carrying the tabernacle all around, going in the wilderness with the presence and the power of God, it does not come into their midst. It does not come into their lives. Okay? So God is teaching us through it all. So what happened to Jesus Christ in the wilderness, 40 days, is simply summed up, we all know, three temptations. Okay? Three temptations are recorded. We don't know how many temptations. Three are recorded for us. Maybe a whole series of temptations under three headings. Okay? What happened in the wilderness is we see it in Matthew 4 and we see it in Luke 4. What happened there in the wilderness when Jesus was tempted? He refused to do business with the devil. As simple as that. He refused to do business with the devil. Why did mankind fall? Because Adam and Eve chose to do business with the devil. That's simple. If they had refused, it would have been a different story. They did business with the devil. Okay. Jesus refused to do business with the devil. And if you look at Luke 4 and verse 2, 40 days, the scripture says he was hungry. Not that he was full. He was hungry. Don't, it's, it's one of the most Understatements. Forty days. And he's hungry. You know what we do when we are hungry? <laughs> when you are hungry, we do all kinds of things, right? You will even scrape things out of the fridge. He will look like a bird for crumbs. He's hungry. He had the Holy Ghost in the inside and the devil on the outside. And those three temptations look like very simple and ridiculous to scholars. Turn rocks into bread, worship Satan, jump off the temple roof. But those temptations and the answer, he gives, gives us a clue. Okay? He gives us a clue. Jesus is not saying if you are hungry you should not eat. He does not say that. We have to very be careful about what he says. He says man shall not live by bread alone. Alone. We need bread. We have to meet the needs of our body or else we will die. But to become whole we cannot focus on physical needs alone. If we do We will die eternally. If we ignore the physical, we will die prematurely. If we ignore the spiritual, we will die eternally. Jesus is the most balanced preacher, okay? So let us look at the physical to understand the spiritual. So I won't make you the example. Let us talk about I'll make myself the example. Because when it comes to food and clothing, you have to be slightly sensitive. Let me ask you this question. Let us say every day of my life, I eat junk all day. I am full. I am not hungry. I eat junk all day. I am full. I am not hungry. I wouldn't know the difference. Hmm? Giant burgers, triple—what do you call it? I don't know what they call. It. Okay, Maharaja is an Indian term. Out. Yeah, triple deck, you no, know, but extra cheese. Okay, and all those French fries. You know? Okay. And then a big bottle of Coke. You see, I would not be hungry at all. But you know what I am doing? I am depriving my body of the nutrition it needs. I wouldn't notice much difference. For some time. But soon the effects will start showing. Weight gain, obesity, diabetes, high cholesterol, high BP, series of diseases. Ultimately you die before your time. It's not COVID that is dangerous. It's not even the fear of COVID that is dangerous. It's a terrible lifestyle. Terrible lifestyle. You see, I could eat 10,000 calories a day of junk and yet die of starvation because my body is not getting what it was designed to get. Getting the picture? I'm eating 10,000 calories of junk. But what my body needs, according to the maker, according to the maker, it's not like you see some of our autos going, auto rickshaws or the tuk-tuks they call. No, It brings out so much black smoke. You know why? They add kerosene to petrol. But the engine was not designed for that. To make money, because kerosene is cheap, you cannot buy kerosene in the open market. It only gives to those who have a pink ration card, which is for the below poverty line. They get kerosene, but nobody uses kerosene. So they get kerosene and give it to the wala. He mixes his petrol and kerosene. He drives his auto. After one week, two weeks, it's sitting in the workshop with upside down. The trying fellow is trying to fix the head. What did you try to do? You filled it. The tank is full. Tank is full. I would not feel hungry at all. But I still would die before my time. My death is sad. It is tragic. Because it is easily preventable. Like, not because of ill health, like the death of Josiah. See, there are so many people, Ahab died. King Saul died. Josiah died. And Josiah died, I feel sad. What a man. <laughs> what a young man. Jeremiah, right? Laments over Josiah. Why did this man have to die young? Because silly fellow did not listen to the counsel of God. Don't fight, you're fighting the wrong battle. Like that, when people die, not because of a battle. People die because of, not hunger, but because you deprived your body of what it really needed, while your stomach was full. In the same way, if I ignore my spirit, I will starve myself spiritually and die. Spiritual death is more dangerous than physical death. It is eternal separation from God. See, whether we stick to a healthy diet and strict exercise regime, ultimately we will all die physically. We'll all die one day, physically. No exception to that. But the thing is that we don't have to die spiritually. If you look at Luke four four or Matthew four four, the same thing. And look to Matthew four four. Okay, man shall not live by bread alone. Yeah. If you look at Matthew four four, it's the same thing. Okay. Jesus answered and says, "Man shall not live by bread alone. by, by every word." that proceeds from the mouth of god two things he says man should live by bread you need to eat okay you need to eat you have to eat there are times balanced he gives his entire bible is full of eating no? okay man should but he should also live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of god the 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 stress is on the word every Every word. Every word. Don't pick and choose. This is not a buffet. Okay? This is not a buffet where you pick what you like. This is the Word of God. The Bible is not a buffet. It's a whole meal. It's a very healthy meal. It's a very healthy diet. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let me ask you this question. Here I will say you, not me. Why do you like junk food? Because it's tasty. Simple. It's not healthy. It's tasty. To make make it sound healthy after eating junk, you drink Diet Coke. Okay. That is to, for your conscience sake. Okay. Okay. See, these marketing people are crooks. They understand human psychology. They will sell you this junk and you will order the Diet Coke free with it. And you feel good, they feel better. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, they are <laughs> laughing all the way to the back. Okay, So let me ask you this simple question. Why do we like junk food? Because it is tasty. So junk food is very difficult to resist if you are used to it, its taste. You are captivated by its taste. So it is very difficult to resist junk food. Let me ask you this question. Simple question. Why is spiritual junk food so difficult to resist? Because it sounds so good. It sounds so good. You getting the picture? It sounds so good. You see the effects of spiritual junk food is not seen immediately. It is only seen when you face the enemy called disease. That is when you realize. That is when you realize. Okay, cholesterol level has gone very high. You are panting. Then you go. The doctor puts you through all this and then the MRI or whatever scan, everything comes and he says, you got blockages. But when you are eating all this, oily, oily, oily food and tasty, tasty, tasty food, it didn't show up immediately. It didn't show up immediately. It doesn't show up immediately. It's only when you are trying to do something, suddenly you realize you are not able to do it. In the face in the of your trial, you realize you don't have the strength to do it. It doesn't show up immediately. That's why parents have to be very, very careful what you feed your children. Don't think it is easy to feed them young. But you know what? You ultimately are putting them on the death trap. God will ask you their blood at your hands, so we don't take it lightly. Now, when children are small, be very, very careful what you feed them, what you feed them, because you know what you're preparing them for a life to serve God, life to serve God. So, what happens to spiritual junk food? The effects of the spiritual junk food is not seen immediately. It's like the physical thing the enemy called disease comes and he overpowers you are not able to resist we are not condemning anybody but the fact of the matter is so many people are succumbing before this virus called COVID many not all many is because simply because of unhealthy lifestyle lifestyle okay it's an eye-opener. It's an incredible eye-opener to us. Eat healthy, exercise daily, stick to God's regime. Stick to what God has produced. So he's the maker. I am not the maker. He's the maker. I am the product. He's the manufacturer. It is good to use the product according to the manufacturer's manual. It will run run long without issues. And service it regularly. I mean fast regularly. Servicing of the body is called fasting. You know, when you give your vehicle to them, what happens over there? You are not on the vehicle for two days or three days until it comes back. In the same way, fast. Fasting is good. Okay, Fasting is good. It's a good exercise. I mean, even if you want to take it just medically, it is a good exercise. Spiritually, it is better. Okay? The enemy overpowers you. I'm talking in disease. And he will say, but I eat regularly. I never missed a meal. But actually you starved your body. Or oh, what it actually needed, the essential things it needed. You you see people who go to outer space and people who are in special forces and all kind of stuff, you know what? They hardly eat. They're just given power meals. All the necessary ingredients which your body actually needs, they're given in small packages. They eat and they don't. Here we eat this much triple burger and this thing and we are not able to run. Are you getting the picture? Now, we are not in special forces, but... In the So when the trouble came, you suddenly realize you don't have the power to resist. That's what you're looking at. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was driven into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he came out after 40 days, scripture says he came in the power of the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit and to have the power of the Holy Spirit are two different things. You can be filled, have the gifts and actually die because you do not have the power to resist. Power to resist. Or you can have seasons of power coming in, not continuously like Jesus walked, seasons like Samson. When you are in dire straits, power comes, power goes. It's like our electrical this thing, Transformer blows off. His transformer is always blowing off. That is Samson. Okay. In the same way, the church is going through unbelievable testing and trials. And if you look, the church does not have the power to resist the enemy. And that's Gideon's issue. He doesn't have the power to resist the enemy. Why? Because the church has been fed with spiritual junk. Like I said, why is spiritual junk so tasty? It's good to the ear. So we have our favorite preachers, Joy Austin, T.D. Jakes, Joyce Mayer, Elevation Church. Oh! And we look at the says, And all of them wear costumes. Have you noticed it? Have you noticed every one of these people who are, they sound so good and the churches are full of gadgets and everything. They all wear costumes. They are not dressed as preachers. They wear costumes. All of them. Lots of lights and uh, drama. And the people are jumping and everything. You should jump. Like the lame man if your feet has been made proper you should jump not emotionally excited but spiritually excited you cannot sit still you should jump you should make a joyful noise i'm not talking about that but all these people if you noticed about that you know they sound so good to the ears but when crisis comes you don't see them they are not able to stand they are not able to stand romans 11:22 gives you an incredible balance of God's word this is the balance therefore consider the goodness and severity of God, there are two things you have to balance it, the whole word of God is balance, the goodness of God and the severity of God but if you are fed junk you have a very unbalanced diet you are full, but you are not getting the nutrition your body needs your body is actually being stout while your belly is full Are you getting it? You are eating, you are so full, but you are actually being starved. Your stomach is full, your body is starved. Your stomach is full, your spirit is starved. You attend every meeting, not a meeting you miss. You attend every conference, you pay through the nose to attend their conferences. But actually you are starved. How do you get examples I'm giving you? If the pulpit is only focused on grace, you're unbalanced. If the pulpit is only focused on judgment, you're unbalanced. If the pulpit is only focused on prosperity, you're unbalanced. If the pulpit is only focused on poverty, it's unbalanced. If the pulpit is only focused on social justice, you don't know there are pulpits that are only into social justice. A pulpit is only focused on individual liberty. And do you know what happens in the church? The children die of malnourishment. Because it's not focused. There is grace, and there is judgment. There is prosperity, and there is poverty. There is social justice, and there is individual liberty. Be very balanced. If we are not balanced, we are being fed a diet. And we feel so full when we go from church, but we do not know that when the disease hits us, we'll have no power to resist. No power to resist. Okay? So, we are not dying of starvation. We are dying because of what we are being fed. What do you think is the number one issue of children in the U.S.? Childhood obesity. It's obesity. The number one killer is obesity. Most of the disease they're going through is connected with obesity because of what they eat and what they drink. They don't know. I, I yet have to meet an American who drinks water. Kids I'm talking about, they don't drink water. Read Psalm 105 and verse 37. And Deuteronomy 34.7 He also brought them out with silver and gold and there was none feeble among his tribes. Okay? 600,000 men came out. Is anybody ill? No. Nobody is ill. And they got plenty of gold. Yet they all died in the wilderness without spending one gold coin. They spent nothing. They didn't buy one dress. They didn't buy one pair of sandals. They bought nothing. Bag full of gold. Bought, spent nothing. Their entire life was lived in vain. You know why? Because they were overpowered by fear. They did not have the power to resist. Were they filled with the Holy Spirit type? Yes. Did they have power? No. Why? Because they could not resist the temptation of the enemy. They did not resist him. Deuteronomy 34, verse 7. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. Look at this man. 120 years. The spiritual truth. Fit as a fiddle. And he still sees very clearly God walks with him. God walks with Diet and spiritually nourished. The other example, well fed, excellent physical diet, spirit malnourished. They would not resist the devil. They gave in to everything of the devil. So spiritually malnourished. Here is a man, physically fit, spiritually nourished. So his eyes when he is dying says was not dim nor his natural vigor diminished. Turn to Joshua chapter 14, 10 and 11. Joshua 14, 10 and 11. And now behold the Lord has kept me alive and he said this 45 years. Who is this? Kill, 85 years old. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. Now, here I am this day, 85 years old. What does it say? Yet, I am as strong this day as on the day Moses sent me out. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. What does it say? I'm 85 years old. Physically, as fit as then. Why? I can go out to war. Why? He was never spiritually malnourished. He always resisted the enemy. 45 years ago, he was the one who resisted. Tried to silence the whole camp and says, No, God has given it to us. These giants shall be meat for us. Do you see at 85, he still has the power to fight. He's not buckling. The young people have given up. Oh, the mountains, it's very difficult. He says, give me the mountain. Give me the mountain. You know, there is one thing about being filled with the Holy Spirit. It is another thing—the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit comes to you as you keep resisting the devil. So, in that forty days in the wilderness, we see how Jesus went in and how Jesus came out. He did not come out the way he went in. And all we have is three temptations. Three temptations. Read Matthew four one. Jesus was led by the Spirit. Into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Here means to be tested. To be proved by the devil. What did he lead him there? To be proved. To be tested. To be tempted. Here means to be proven. Go to Judges 6.39. 1 Samuel 17.39. And 1 Kings ten one. Judges 6.39. Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me. But let me speak just once more. Let me test. Let me prove you once more. Please. So you need to understand what it means the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to test him, to tempt him, to prove him. Can you stand against the devil? Can you stand? If you stand, if you resist him, the way you come out will not be the way you went out. 1 Samuel 17.39 David fastened his sword to his armor, tried to walk for he had not tested them. I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Why? He has to go fight Goliath. And he said, okay, we don't have anybody, only this young boy. He said, okay, you do one thing, you're going to what? take my armor. When he put on the armor, he could not walk, because he had not proved them. He has never fought. Wearing an armor, and with a sword and a spear, he has never. So he said, I cannot. I will go to fight with which I have proved. What I have proved with, I need my rod and my sling. That's all I need. Okay? So what does it mean to be tested it means to be proved to be proved one more we will look first kings chapter 10 and verse 1 10 and verse 1 When the queen of sheba heard about the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord she came to test him with hard questions to prove him everybody is saying this is the wisest man wisest man okay let me go and she came with one set of questions hard questions she must ask the best in her kingdom to give the best questions which nobody can answer. Let me go test him out. Is he really as wise as he says? So we are not tempted because we are sinners. No, because we are human. Both Adam and Eve, when they were tested, were not sinners. Nor was Jesus, when he was tested, was he a sinner. We are not tested because we are sinners. We are tested because we are humans. Okay? And it's God's pleasure to see a human kick the devil, man shall not live by bread alone. First Adam was tempted in a garden. Last Adam was tempted or tested in the wilderness. And Jesus is teaching us a lesson. The deepest need of life is not physical, but spiritual. It is better to die in the wilderness of hunger, right with God, than to die in the garden, full Get wrong with God. Okay. He's teaching us lessons. Okay. Let me give you another example because examples children, even the littlest one here, will understand. Let me give you this example. Let us say tomorrow or June first, 2021, a scientist comes, specialist in whatever, whatever he does, and says I have discovered a perfect, balanced diet. If you follow my diet regime, you will live forever. You will live forever. Morning, one bowl of boiled bitter gourd and a glass of papaya juice with no sugar, no salt. Afternoon, something similar. Night, something dilemma. You know, if he promises you will live forever, nobody will say, I don't like it. It doesn't taste good. Yeah. Nobody will say. Everybody will say, We are going for the diet. We are changing, we are throwing everything aside because you know what he's saying? You eat this, you will live forever. Suddenly everything changes. You know what Exodus 15, 26 says? We only read half. I am the Lord that healeth thee. 26, 26. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, keep all his statutes, then... So what do we sing? We don't say that part. We say, I am the Lord that healeth thee. What for the rest? I will eat what I like. You please keep healing me. That's our song. You know what God says? You do what I do. You will live long. You live healthy, you will serve me all the days of my life. Is that what God is trying to tell us? That's what I said. If a scientist were to come and says, "If I, I will give you this diet, and it's the most terrible thing for the tongue, but you will live forever," everybody will change except the one who wants to eat and die. Everybody else will change. They will, Because you know what? Everybody wants to live forever. Nobody wants to die. Everybody wants to live forever. John 11, 25, 26. Probably one of the greatest if not the greatest statement Jesus made. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And it's telling to mankind. You know what? All You're all afraid of death. You're all trying everything to avoid death. But you can only postpone it. You cannot avoid it. I'm telling you something. I'm the resurrection and the life. If you believe in me, you will never die. Even if you die, you will love. The question is, do we take this? No. Most people ignore it. Here is one man and one man alone who has come to humanity and says I give you the antidote to death. How? Believe in me and do what I say. Hmm. Sounds too simple. I'll go back to my doctor. Here is he comes and say Submit to God. Is there Submit to God is the secret to being filled with the Holy Spirit. Resist the devil is for the power. Our gymnas are here. They go to gym and okay, they take what you, all that protein powder and all that is all good. But if you go to the core of it, do you know how your muscles are built? Because of resistance. you know how your muscles are built? Resistance. See, if you are going to use 4 kilo, 3 kilo, 5 kilo weights all your life, you will be only just like me. Because you won't go beyond that. That's enough. You want to build your muscle, you have to go to resistance. That's why we see our young pastors and all. why did you lift it? You will get a hernia. No, I saw another fellow lifting bigger than that. I said, stop it. You have to preach. That fellow can go and have surgery. You have work to do. Stop lifting those weights. Okay? Both of our young pastors. Both of them. Not Eric, Pastor Eric alone. Pastor Ruben also. Stop it. Okay. But you know, why do you get muscles? It's because of resistance. See, we know these simple things which we learn in the gym. We don't see it in the scripture. Resist the devil. And he shall flee from you you're not going to get power without resisting him it's like a circle you resist you get power you get power you resist him and it keeps on increasing you submit to God he keeps you filling with the Holy Spirit you're a good guy you're an obedient guy but you don't have power to face the enemy to power to face the enemy you need to resist the devil and that the Bible says Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power and he went about doing good why because he's filled with the holy spirit and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil and this is not talking about gifts because you can have the holy spirit and gifts and yet not able to resist the holy spirit ultimately die as a loser after having healed so many people like Samson understand the difference god wants us to finish well he's not looking past at my ministry it's not at my ministry He's first looking at me. Because ministry he can do through an angel also. We are sons first. We are sons first. He's not looking at the work we do. He's looking at us. I want you to finish well. Are you getting the picture? That's what he's teaching Gideon. By the time it is over, Gideon will be fearless. He has learned now to resist the enemy. Oh, he's fine. That's what I said. All you need is one man. He doesn't speak to the whole crowd. He doesn't even speak to the 300. So he's separating. 22,000. 9,700. 300. But he's talking to one man. If I can get you to resist the devil, through you I can do the rest. You know? We have to fight fear. We have to resist the enemy. Because what is being sent over is the spirit of fear. You see, I grew up in the mountains. Every place I lived, there were rivers. Beautiful rivers. But I did not learn swimming. One of the reasons I did not learn swimming was the rivers were always fast flowing. Okay. So, I I did not learn swimming because I was scared of drowning. Okay. Or being swept away. Okay. But I had to fight this fear about, you know what, drowning suffocation. You know what I used to do as a child? We used to have these small patches where the river slide with little deep water. I used to go under the water and hold my nose. Till today, I can be underwater than most people who swim. Because you know, even as a child, I realized, no, I may not know how to swim, but I am going to fight this fear about drowning. Okay? Swimming is a discipline, drowning is a fear. These are two different things. A lot of people never learn swimming because they are afraid of drowning. And I learned to swim because a child told me even dogs swim. The <laughs> child literally told me even dogs swim. And that was a challenge for me. And I learned to swim. I actually learned first time to swim like a dog. You know how dogs swim? I learned to swim like a dog. Are you getting it? Because fear will cost you, the spirit of fear, fear will cost you. You have to resist. If you don't resist, you will go down. You know, you'll go down. Okay. And people go down, and they don't have the power. They have, I'm not saying you don't have, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. We need power. When the Holy Spirit comes, you shall receive power. You shall receive power. It is not enough to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It is not enough to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It is something more than that. It is the power to resist the enemy, and it could be absolutely in your personal life. Absolutely in your personal life. You see, all these people who overcame—if you look at the, the the witnesses, the testimony of Christ—they actually overcame first in their private life. Gideon, it's Gideon alone. God is not saying go fight the enemy. He's just you overcome this in your life. In your own life. Okay? To say yes to God, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is given to those who obey. But when you say no to the devil, no to the devil, that's what Jesus said to the devil, no way. Jose. No way. Use, if you are the son of God, why don't you use the gifts that you have to feed yourself? He said no. I will not. Joseph said no to the spirit of Egypt. Mrs. Fortifer is just a type. It's just a spirit. It's a seducing spirit of Egypt. Come sleep with me. Do you know so many men and women of God who started well, went to sleep with the seducing doctrine of demons because they did not have the courage to say no. Courage to say no. They did not have the courage. These are just types put over there, real incident but types. The Bible says in the last days of this, the, the doctrines of demons, and the 44,000 who walked with the lamb, they were virgins who did not sleep with women. It's not talking about women, it's talking about seducing doctrines. They did not have the power to resist. They looked at that fellow's, this fellow's church, and that is growing, and they, this fellow's music is different. You know what? They compromised. They did not have the power to say no. They changed their doctrine. They changed their beliefs. And they looked. The world looks at them and says, wow. God looks at them and says, abomination. Jesus refused. He refused. He asked them, and why did he refuse? Because they were trying pushing pressure to change the doctrine. He said, no, doctrine doesn't change. Because it's truth that sets you free. He asked his disciples, do you also want to leave? Do you have the courage to say no? Because you know what happens? A day and hour will come when death comes over us. And you realize you do not have the spiritual strength to say no. Daniel was a very simple thing. You don't have Daniel 1.8, you won't have the book of Daniel. As simple as that. He purposed in his heart. That's a very personal decision. He didn't say anything to anybody. Hundreds of boys standing in line. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego also are there. They don't know. He goes and tells Yunuch, Can I please have vegetables? Yunuk says, it's, it's not good for me. Please test me for ten days. Then he goes and they're watching him. Everybody's on the chicken line. Everybody's on the mutton line. And this guy is taking vegetables and walking. Three of them look at him and said, Can you also eat like him? <laughs> Suddenly there are two lines. You know, whenever I go to a wedding, usually I want to get out fast. I go to the vegetarian life. I am not going there to eat. I am going there because I am invited. And if I say no, people will get feel bad. So As far as possible, I will go to the vegetarian and finish and go home. Because if you want to eat, eat at home. You are not going there to eat. Some people go to weddings only to eat. Honestly, it would have been a sight in the Babylonian court. Four people in one queue. Everybody else in the other queue. Not vegetic and vegetable. And we do not realize the entire book is framed on that one statement. He purposed and he thought he said no. He said no. You see, we, we look at Moses and we look at this man. Wow, God spoke to him on a burning bush. Wow, how he went through Egypt just with the rod, stood before the king with a stick, Pharaoh, the mightiest man the miracles and the judgments judgments of god over egypt he just lifted his hands the red sea split he led the people but you know what how it all began it began 40 years earlier look at revelation hebrews 11:24 it all began with one word you know what it says 11:24 you have to read that verse word, by faith moses when he became of age he refused one refusal No. one refusal Everything is built on one refusal for the power of God to come upon him that he is able to lead the people through the wilderness. He refused. Power of a refusal. Joseph refused. Daniel refused. Moses refused. We want the power of Moses without the refusal of Moses. That's our issue. And we look at why God has said, I will, I will. I will separate. I will separate these people. Because you don't know their heart. I will test them by the waters. You won't understand them. Because you can't see their heart. I see their hearts. You know what? They're compromises. You will not see them now. I can see them at the end. You know what? They will, say, will, they will not say no to a lot of things. So let them go. It's not that I don't love them. But I cannot use them for this battle. Our issue is that we are going through a fiery trial. And we want the fourth man, the one like the Son of God to stand beside us. The music is growing louder, the fire is getting hotter, but there is no fourth man. Because the fourth man to appear, there had to be a refusal first. They were given a choice. Bow or burn, they say we will burn. We bow and we are looking for the fourth man. Fourth man is not there. The fourth man represents the power of God. The power of his right hand. For that power to come, you should be able to say no. Able to say no. And we are not able to say no. And you know what happens? We have set limits on our own ministries. God didn't set. God never sets limits. We set limits on his ministries. You know what he said in the book of Psalms? It's connected with Jesus. So it's connected with the spirit of Jesus in us. Ask of me and I shall give you the nations as our inheritance. Nations as our inheritance. We set limits. and How do we set limits? Because we set limits to his power. You want power like Jesus? No? Power like Jesus. I'm not saying we become like Jesus. What I'm saying, what God has purposed in our life, don't limit it. You know how we limit it? Because we refuse to say no. As we go into prayer. Final few verses from Matthew 4. Matthew 4, one we saw, he was led by the Spirit, right? Into the wilderness, he tempted of the Spirit. Let me give you Matthew 4, okay? In nutshell, so that you understand. He was tempted by the devil. Every temptation he said, Nope. 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 no. And he came back in the power of the Holy Spirit. He goes to his hometown. That's where everybody wants to go first, no? Hometown. Rejected in the hometown. They rejected his power because he was too familiar for them. Isn't that Joseph's, the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother Mary with us? They rejected him. He walked out. He went to Capernaum. But of the Bible says, if I'm writing Matthew 4 and verse 31 and 32, he goes to preach. Mark, Mark 4. Sorry, Matthew, Matthew, Matthew 4. Okay. then it must be, a little, are you sure? It's, yeah, what does it say? Oh, he went down to Capernaum. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Matthew 4 is, yeah, Look. He went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee. I was teaching them on the Sabbaths. What does it say verse 32? And they were astonished at his teaching for his word was with authority. It's power. His teaching was full of power. You know why? Where did that power come from? Because he had said, no. Power. 33, 34. And we will go to prayer. Now in the synagogue there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. He cried out with a loud voice saying, Let us alone! What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Wait a second. Just a few weeks ago, the devil was coming to say, Let us do business. Now the devil is saying, Leave me alone. What changed? What changed? Is the devil coming to do business with you? Or the devil coming to say, Leave me alone? Do you see the difference? A few weeks earlier, a few days earlier, the devil was after him saying, come, let us do business. Let us negotiate. Let us negotiate. Let us do business. Let's have a partnership. Let's have a partnership. We'll run the world together. 50-50. Now what is he saying? Please leave me alone. You, Jesus of Nazareth. The difference? What did he say in the beginning? If you are the son of God. Now he's saying Jesus of Nazareth. Will he leave us alone? This is the difference. And this is what God is telling us. Okay. You never lose with God when you say no to the devil. You don't lose with God. But if you say yes to the devil, you will lose. Doesn't mean you are not filled with the Holy Spirit. Not filled with the Holy Spirit. It simply means you do not have the power to resist. You do not have the power. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went about doing good. But it's not that. He delivered, healed. All were oppressed of the devil. And there are, all illnesses are not of the devil. There are a lot of oppression of the devil of Satan over the earth. God says, you know what? I want people who will deliver them. I want. And these are types in the Old, Old Testament. Midianites is a type of the demonic host. Coming and eating every harvest and people are hiding in dens and caves and all. God is looking for one man whom he can give power so that he will go and deliver the people. And he has to take him through a process where he will be able to say no to the devil. First he takes him through the street of obey me first. Then teaches him how to say no. So when he went down to the Midnight scam and listened to what the devil was saying, he came back and said, come, let's go. We are ready to fight. It's over. Now you devil, you ain't scaring me anymore. You are not going to scare me anymore. I know. I know who's with me. I know who you are. I can say no. I can say no. Amen? Come honey, let's pray.